You don't put those inside of you, do you? This is a show about women. I mean, you do? Finally, a show about women that isn't just a thinly veiled aspirational nightmare. It's not hosted, not narrated. We're just dropping into a woman's world. I found out when my dad was gay when I was 10. We were in a convertible on the 405 freeway, listening to the B-52s. Looking back, I should have said, this is gay. This is already all gay. <laughs> Listen to Finally a Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Join late-night legend John Stewart and the best news team for today's biggest headlines, exclusive extended interviews, and more. Now this is a second term we can all get behind. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Martha Stewart, and we're back with a new season of my podcast. This season will be even more revealing and more personal, with more entrepreneurs, more live events, and more questions from you. I'm talking to my cosmetic dermatologist, Dr. Dan Belkin, about the secrets behind my skincare. Encore Jane about creating a billion-dollar startup. Walter Isaacson about the geniuses who change the world. Listen and subscribe to the Martha Stewart Podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, this is Shannon Doherty, host of the new podcast, Let's Be Clear with Shannon Doherty. So in this podcast, I'm going to be talking about marriage, divorce, my family, my career. I'm also going to be talking a lot about cancer, the ups and the downs, everything that I've learned from it. It's going to be a wild ride. So Listen to Let's Be Clear with Shannon Doherty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Teleforce Productions and iHeartRadio presents Wheel Woman, Confessions of a Getaway Driver. Volcano. Alive. Camaro. Fiery new creation from Chevrolet. Camaro. The new car that's something else. Something you've never seen before in a driving machine. This is the SS350 with rally sport equipment. Wicked black grille. And a fuselage that bulges around a 350 cubic inch V8 engine. Shaped for action. All the way back to its sporty rear deck.
What was it like when you first landed in Los Angeles? At first, I barely registered where I was. I was in survival mode, you know? It wasn't like I exactly planned to move to LA. I just kept driving as far away from Rochester as I could get to a city big enough that I could finally disappear from Joe, from the mob, from the feds. Thank God Jim took Tony and me in. I don't know what we would have done. When we entered his little bungalow, only one room with a small kitchen, I finally breathed a sigh of relief. Jim had left modeling behind but was still working in commercials and had made a nice new life for himself. It was a cozy, peaceful little haven, exactly the type of environment I needed for my state of mind. Tony immediately curled up on the couch and fell asleep, and eventually I did too. All I wanted was a place of our own, but I had less than $10 to my name. Thankfully, I remembered a friend, Fred Reed, who I did a few free commercials for years back. They were a big success, and he had been able to open up a chain of stores. Time to call in a debt. I didn't even get through asking before he offered me double what I needed. He wired it to me immediately and said I didn't need to pay him back, but I wanted to, although it took me almost a year. I needed to be completely independent for my own peace of mind. I drove around for a few days looking for a place and finally found an affordable apartment on Olympic Boulevard near La Cienega. Jim managed to find me a mattress and an old TV set, and I bought a few plates and utensils at a garage sale and we set up house. I was amazed at how happy I could be with so little. Ironically, Tony remembers those days as the happiest times of her childhood. Back home, headlines shouted out death, but our life was finally getting a little brighter. I was moving forward. But I needed to find a way to make money, fast. Did you ever consider going back to modeling? I hoped that eventually I could, but I knew I couldn't risk someone recognizing me. I was on the run from one too many people, and they would be looking. But I had no idea where to begin. I sort of fell into every other job I had. And then one day, it hit me. I was at home, watching TV, and a Chevy commercial came on the air. I'd been in plenty of car commercials, but I never quite realized that there was always someone else driving the cars. And they never showed their face. It was perfect. So you decided to become a stunt driver? Yes, but I didn't know that's exactly what it was at first. All I could think was it combined everything I loved and knew. Driving, cameras, and danger. The only problem was, I didn't know where to start. I tried showing up on sets, hoping they'd see my interest and throw me behind the wheel. I'd been kicked out of more shoots than I could count, until one day, at Rally Studios, I got lucky. I had snuck onto a soundstage and was watching as a vehicle got rigged with a sophisticated hydraulic system, allowing the car to appear to be floating in space, when I heard a voice behind me. Hi, I'm Jim Harkis. I'm Georgia Durante. It's nice to meet you. You too. What's your job here, Jim? I own Two's company. We do all the rigging for car shoots and prep the vehicles for camera. Oh, well, I'd love to learn more about that. Really? I've modeled for dozens of car commercials, but never gave too much thought about what went on with the car, but I'd really love to get behind the wheel. Well, we only let stunt drivers do that. Well, I'm sure I can do whatever it is they do. I could tell he was put off by my looks. He didn't realize how serious I was. I assure you, I have a lot of driving experience. So how do I get involved? If you're actually serious, I suggest you enroll in the Bondurant School of High Performance Driving. 
And if I do that, will you hire me? If you do that, call me at Two's company and we'll talk. Where there's a will, there's a way. I enrolled right away and quickly learned that my biggest problem breaking into this business would be my face. Not much credence was given to a woman in that world, especially to one who looked like me. How did you get past that? At the end of the day, only a certain type of person was cut out for this type of work. One who understood the art of driving on the edge and surviving it. And I was more than qualified. After I graduated from school, Wally Crowder, who owned Motion Research Driving Team, took me on. At first, he gave me the typical runaround, but then, when he finally saw me drive, he thought he had hit a home run. Another pretty face he could flaunt before his clients, but this time, I could drive. And I quickly learned, I loved it. I didn't realize how much I missed working with a team and being on set. And honestly, the drives I did were sometimes more dangerous than with the mob. No one was chasing me, but if I messed up, death was still the consequence. Your tax refund belongs to you, not an identity thief. Over $6 billion in tax refunds were flagged by the IRS for possible identity theft in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. LifeLock monitors and alerts you to identity threats you may miss on your own, even if you're careful with your personal information. And if you do become the victim of tax-related identity fraud, LifeLock has U.S.-based restoration specialists ready to help solve your identity theft issues. Plus, all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package, meaning LifeLock will reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Let LifeLock help you protect your financial information so all you have to worry about is what to do with your tax refund. Go to LifeLock.com iHeart and save up to 25% your first year. That's 25% off at LifeLock.com iHeart. Identity theft protection starts here. I don't understand what the big fat ones are. You don't put those inside of you, do you? I mean, you do? Yeah. This is a show about women. Okay, so I just reapply my lip gloss after eating a delicious lunch. We are headed back now to European political systems class at Baruch College. Woo! Finally, a show about women that isn't just a thinly veiled aspirational nightmare. That's it. That's actually the name of the show. It's not hosted, not narrated. We're just dropping into a woman's world. It's like reality TV on the radio. I found out when my dad was gay when I was 10. We were in a convertible on the 405 freeway, listening to the B-52s. Looking back, I should have said, this is gay. This is already all gay. (laughs) Listen to Finally a Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, this is Shannon Doherty, host of the new podcast, Let's Be Clear with Shannon Doherty. You may know me from, let's see, 90210, Charmed, Mallrats, Heathers. You probably also know me from my stage four cancer diagnosis and sharing that journey with so many of you. There's something so authentic about a podcast. It's me connecting, me talking raw in the moment 
that's what my goal is to give you, to talk about why I feel that cancer to a certain extent is a gift, what my responsibilities are as a person with cancer, because I think that there's something so much bigger than me. And to be honest, I'm still trying to find out what that is. And maybe together we'll find it. It's going to be a wild ride. So I hope that you all tune in. Listen to Let's Be Clear with Shannon Doherty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, my name is Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready to, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. The first job Wally booked me on was for Chrysler. We shot at the Laguna Seca Raceway near Carmel, and I quickly realized that school had not prepared me for set, and neither did Wally. I didn't have the slightest idea how to use the walkie-talkie, and the lingo was like a foreign language. I tried to fake it as best I could. Roll sound! Roll camera! Action! I was doing a conga line. Six cars drove in a line about three inches apart from one another's bumpers. All my focus was on the car in front of me. Georgia, are you wearing white pants? Yes, I am. Well, get them off! They're causing a reflection in the windshield. Oh, well, I didn't... Do it fast! We're losing the light! Oh, dear. Everyone safely slow to a stop. 
I was so embarrassed. Nobody told me to wear black, so I shimmied out of my pants as quickly as I could. Let's go again! Little did I know, they already had the shot in the can, and the next time around, the camera car drove alongside me, filming my crotch. I realized many jokes would be at my expense, but they needed me. There weren't many women in the business from which to choose, so most directors were patient with me while I messed up when I was learning. With every job, I learned more and more. When I was asked to jump a car, I pretended that I'd done it a thousand times and did it as if I had. I never lacked confidence behind the wheel. In this arena, I had control. And I knew my choices in the driver's seat had to be the right ones. There was no room for mistakes. And with time, I was doing stunts very few other drivers would even consider. Once, I was doing a Jeep commercial in Colorado, and the set designer had built these giant letters spelling out the words Wagoneer and Cherokee, the names of the vehicles we were featuring. But the letters were made mostly from chicken wire covered with this material that looked amazingly like rock, standing 20 feet high and 70 feet in length. The action was to drive over the top of the letters, but the surface wasn't flat. Instead, it was indented with the natural curve of the letters and topped with various sizes of gravel, which created a serious sliding hazard. I had gone over the specs with the designer before the sets were built and explained my requirements, but he made a mistake in his calculations and left me with only two inches of solid ground on each side of the tires. It left zero room for error. Most people would have walked. Not to mention there was a ramp I had to fly off and then land perfectly on the next name. I could only pray that I was on my mark. And to top it off, my vision was restricted because the camera was mounted on the hood of the Jeep and the windshield was covered with this translucent material to help protect the camera from the glare. But I never doubted I could pull it off. It wasn't long before I was highly in demand, partly because of my skills, partly because I was the one who pulled the production together and probably partly due to my looks. They liked having me around. As I grew more successful, Wally became less reliable. All he wanted to do was be a part of the celebration after the rap and none of the work. I grew increasingly frustrated with him, and after Jim and I did a job together, he noticed. What's the deal with you and Wally? Oh, he never listens to anything I say. He doesn't seem to get the requests I make are for everyone's safety, not my own vanity. Yeah, Wally only wants what's good for Wally. Do you know what I found out last week? I ran into a producer from Detroit. He said he called me for a job, and Wally told him I was booked. So Wally sent him this girl that he just started dating. She'd never driven for camera in her life. If she hadn't ended up crashing the car, I probably never would have found out about it. I wonder how many clients I've lost because of Wally's little games. Plenty. I think it's time for you to move on. What do you mean? Why don't you leave motion research? What? You don't need Wally Crowder. Christ, most of the clients you have, you've gotten on your own anyway. If you left, they'd all follow you. You really think so? 
Hell yes. You've got a good reputation in the business. They know when they call Georgia Durante for the job, it's going to get done professionally. They never know when they call Wally what kind of bimbo they'll end up with. It astonishes me how he stays in business with all the crap he's pulled. Yeah. Well, I have been thinking I'd love to start an all-women driving team. That's actually a great idea. Right, there's a need for good women drivers, and I think it could be really unique. If I did some research and came up with six or seven dynamite-looking girls who could drive the hell out of a car and, and train them in precision driving, I think it could be a winner. I think so, too. If you need an office, you can have a space in my building. You know what? That's not actually a bad idea. If you moved into my building, we could be a full-service company. We could be separate entities, but we could use each other's services when we needed to. This could be very interesting. Let me think about it. Your clients and my clients are the same. If you're there, you'll see everyone coming in and out of the building on different projects, but more important, they'll see you. You'll have the opportunity to land a job before a production company even starts the bidding process. Good point. If you're really serious about this, I say let's do it. I am. Okay, me too. I'll start moving on it right away. I'll call Tony tonight and let him know. Tony Santoro was Wally's partner. When I told him I was leaving, he told me he was fed up with Wally's bullshit also and asked to join. I was set on creating the first all-female driving team, so we settled on separate divisions, a male team led by him, a female team led by me. I agreed to partner up and got to work. First things first, we settled on a name, Performance 2. I immediately set out to design a logo, order the stationery, business cards, and so on. While we started assembling the team, we told a few select clients we were setting out on our own. A few weeks later, Tony and I left for Moab, Utah on a $6 million project for Chevrolet. We worked well together. We looked good together, too. Tony was a man's man, but women were certainly taken by his unique charisma. After Moab, we continued the shoot in Pikes Peak, Colorado. Tony and I were flown down a day ahead of the rest of the crew so we could test out the road before we started filming. When we got there, we saw an Audi commercial was also filming, and their driver was Bobby Unser Sr., three-time Indy 500 winner. When he sat down near me at dinner, my business sense, which I wasn't even aware that I had, took over. But I knew that a name like Unser, which had been associated with racing for years, would make the industry take note of Performance 2 right from the start. Tony watched, impressed, as I told Bobby a few of my ideas. To my amazement, he was immediately intrigued and invited me to fly to the Phoenix Raceway following the shoot, where he was going to be a commentator for an indie race so he could hear more about my ideas. He picked me up at the airport, and we drove to the track. (laughs) In all the years of being in the stunt business, I had never had a ride quite like that. I was in the hands of one of the best drivers in the world, but this was real traffic. There were no cops holding vehicles, allowing us to go beyond the limits of safety, and I wasn't being paid to put my life on the line. 
got to the track, he introduced me to his son, Bobby Unser Jr. Hi, Georgia. I'm Bobby Jr. Great to meet you. My father told me all about performance, too, and I'm very interested. It sounds like something I'd like to do. Well, it is an interesting business, for sure. There's a lot of people who'd like to do it, but there's not many who qualify. Do I qualify? If you drive as well as your father does on the track, you do. But precision driving takes practice, Bobby. It's a different kind of driving from what you're used to. It takes a lot of discipline as well as concentration, which I'm sure would come naturally to you once you get the hang of it. I'd expect you to fly into Los Angeles once a month to practice with the rest of the team. Okay, I'll fly in. <laughs> to be clear, just because your last name is Unser, you will not be treated any differently from the rest of the drivers. It's going to take a lot of work on the part of all drivers to achieve the kind of team I'm striving for. I assure you, I'll do whatever needs to be done. Okay. Bobby Jr. drove me back to the Phoenix airport, and the experience was almost as bad as it had been with his father. I chalked it up to his age, but then that didn't give his father much of an excuse. I'll give you a call in a week or so to let you know when to come in for your first practice. You'll need to rent a car at the airport, and don't forget to take out insurance. Oh. That may be a problem. What do you mean? They won't rent cars to an answer. <laughs> well, I can't say I'm surprised. We'll work it out. I don't understand what the big fat ones are. You don't put those inside of you, do you? I mean, you do? This is a show about women. Okay, so I just reapply my lip gloss after eating a delicious lunch. We are headed back now to European political systems class at Baruch College. Finally, a show about women that isn't just a thinly-veiled aspirational nightmare. That's it. That's actually the name of the show. It's not hosted, not narrated. We're just dropping into a woman's world. It's like reality TV on the radio. I found out when my dad was gay when I was 10. We were in a convertible on the 405 freeway, listening to the B-52s. Looking back, I should have said, this is gay. This is already all gay. (laughs) Listen to Finally a Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, this is Shannon Doherty, host of the new podcast, Let's Be Clear with Shannon Doherty. You may know me from, let's see, 90210, Charmed, Mallrats, Heathers. You probably also know me from my stage four cancer diagnosis and sharing that journey with so many of you. There's something so authentic about a podcast. It's me connecting, me talking raw in the moment. That's what my goal is to give you, 
to talk about why I feel that cancer to a certain extent is a gift, what my responsibilities are as a person with cancer, because I think that there's something so much bigger than me. And to be honest, I'm still trying to find out what that is. And maybe together we'll find it. It's going to be a wild ride. So I hope that you all tune in. Listen to Let's Be Clear with Shannon Doherty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, my name's Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready to, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including... Actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Attention all you 20-somethings out there. Are you tired of pretending like you have it all figured out? Well, guess what? You're not alone. Get ready to embrace the chaos with the premiere of the fourth season of Crying in Public. Join me, your host, Sydney Winter, as I take the mic solo for the very first time. I'm here to share the good, the bad, and the downright awkward of navigating this crazy thing we call girlhood. Consider this your go-to guide for surviving your 20s with style and grace. Well, for the most part. From dissecting mysteries of modern dating to surviving and thriving in a daily grind of adulting, crying in public covers it all and then some. So grab your headphones, we're about to get real, raw, and a little ridiculous. And let's face it, life's too short to pretend like we've got it all together. It's time to embrace the chaos. So don't miss out on the laughs, the tears, and the inevitable existential crisis. Listen to the new season of Crying in Public on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Mission accomplished. I returned to Los Angeles with an unser on the driving team. Then I managed to schedule a meeting with the world's greatest stuntman, Dar Robinson. He signed up on the spot. I studied automobile magazines and contacted the best-looking female race car drivers with good performance records. Each one loved the idea of an all-female team and joined us immediately. 
Now all we had to do was train everyone to work together to form the best driving team in the country. In August 1986, Performance 2 Inc. was officially born with 16 trained drivers, half men, half women. And for a while after we announced, we didn't think we would have enough drivers to meet the demand. So it was immediately a success. Immediately, if you're ignoring the years of work I did building my own career and the year it took to get Performance 2 up and running. But yes, we were well-respected and well-liked. But Wally hated my success, and he was determined to put me out of business. And my other competitors were doing their part to chip away at me, too. I was a woman in a man's world, fighting alone to keep the space I had carved out in it. How did they attempt to shut you down? At first, it was just typical petty things. Trying to sign my drivers away, lying about my track record. But when none of that worked, they resorted to attacking me the only way they could. On a personal level. They said that I was getting the work by sleeping with the clients. It's nothing new. Women are always vulnerable to this kind of warfare. I had heard enough of it for a lifetime and didn't let it bother me. Instead, I pressed on and the work spoke for itself. Were you worried your new success would draw unwanted attention from your past? Enough time had passed. I thought it would be okay. I had a feeling I still shouldn't show my face too publicly, but things were calm enough. I really thought I had put it all behind me. And then one night, I got a call. Hello, Georgia. You recognize the voice? Salvatore Alley. How's it going? It's going great. How's your business going? It's doing well. Good. I always knew that'd be your ticket. You're pretty good behind the wheel for a woman. Still a chauvinist, I see, Sal. Ah, uh, not really. I'm calling because I need your driving expertise. Oh? Yeah. I need you to transport something from Vegas to New York for me. There's 50 grand in it for you. Reality, I stopped transporting bodies in the 60s. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's nothing like that. What else could be worth 50 grand? I'm sending you a ticket. Meet me in Vegas next Tuesday. The name of the hotel will be with the ticket, and you know what name I'll be registered under. Sal, I can't just pick up and go. I have a job next week. Not one that pays 50 grand. Be there. I knew I had to go. Resolving something like that over the phone was out of the question. But I was hoping I could convince Sal in person that I wasn't the right fit for the job, whatever it was. I arrived in Vegas the next week to meet Sal at the designated place. Who's there? It's me, Georgia. Jerry Pizzatello, who I knew from my old New York days, opened the door a crack and looked both ways down the hall. He opened the door just enough for me to squeeze inside. Come in, hurry up. He was armed with an Uzi and dressed in clothes that looked like they'd been slept in. He had dark circles under his eyes and his face was unshaven. The years have not hurt you one bit. You're looking pretty damn good. You look like shit. Thanks. Jesus, Jerry, what are you guarding in here, Fort Knox? Sal's in the other room. He's been waiting for you. Down the near side, and incomplete and nearly 
I couldn't believe my eyes. 4.5 million in stacks three feet high covered two queen-size beds. The $100 bills were bound with rubber bands in $10,000 bundles. Sal stood next to the bed, immaculately dressed as usual, enjoying the expression of awe on my face. Where did all this money come from? I knew I broke one of the rules, but I wasn't a kid anymore and I wanted out. At the very least, if I was forced to go through with it, I wanted to know what I was getting myself into. We rented a car for you. Tomorrow you- Wait a minute, Sal. First tell me what the deal is with this money. It's clean. That's all you need to know. <laughs> How clean can it be if you're paying me 50000 to transport it? Come on, Sal. Okay. The money's mine. I need you to transport it because I can't take the risk of getting stopped. The IRS. You know the dance. Yeah, but where's the risk, Sal? For 50 grand, I know there has to be one. You may have a problem getting through the check-in points at the Texas border, but... With your face, who'd ever suspect? We've already checked it out. At midnight, they have a shift change. The guards are busy checking in and out, and they wave all the cars through. The timing's gotta be exact. But if you should have a problem, well, that's where your driving ability comes in. Sal was not your regular kind of wise guy. He was voted Man of the Year for Queens County in 1978 and had served as a campaign manager for Geraldine Ferraro when she ran for vice president of the United States. He had his hands in the pockets of many New York politicians, from the governor's office on down. He possessed a smart business sense and had invested his money well over the years. It wasn't inconceivable that this money really was his, but I smelled more to the story than he wanted to reveal. It was true that the less I knew, the better off I was. But this was not the old days. I was wiser now. This isn't chicken feed, you know. We're trusting you, Georgia. I realize that, Sal, but there is a risk, and I can't take that risk right now. Sal's face turned hard, sending a chill up my spine. He could be extremely treacherous if you crossed him. I'd made the mistake of calling on him a few times for a favor in the past. Wrong thing to do with a guy like Sal. He was now calling in the debt and expected me to pay up. Georgia. Come on, Sal, give me a break. I'm out of the game and I'm all Tony has. I can't afford to take that risk anymore. My company will fall apart if anything gets out. I'm sorry, Salvatore. I just can't take that chance right now. I'm really not happy about this, Georgia. Ah, shit, okay. You're off the hook, but goddammit, you better remember. You owe me one. I know, Sal. Thank you. I took a flight back to L.A. a few hours later, relieved. But then the phone rang the following night around three in the morning, waking me from a deep sleep. Hello? Georgia, I got a serious problem. Oh shit, what happened? They got us at the Sierra Blanca checkpoint near El Paso. Oh my god. Yeah, we were a little early for the midnight shift change, so we stopped for coffee about 20 minutes from the checkpoint. When we pulled back on the highway, I opened the window a crack to let out the smoke. That's when I heard the helicopter. 
but it didn't register. As we approached the checkpoint, the border patrol stepped out in front of the car. It was pitch black out there, but my headlights illuminated his face. He stood directly in front of the car. He looked down at my plate, and then his eyes slowly rose up over the hood, looking me square in the eye. I knew we were dead. My fucking stomach fell right out. God, I know how you must have felt. No, you don't. Anyway, I was thinking about squashing them one out of nowhere. Ten of them. DEA and customs agents carrying shotguns and wearing bulletproof vests surrounded the car. They already knew our names. Now, how do you suppose they knew that, Georgia? What are you saying, Sal? You think I blew you in? I hope not for your sake. But only three people knew about this besides me, you and Jerry. I do trust you, but right now you're highly suspicious. Maybe it was bad phones, I don't know. But I can't take the chance of making contact right now. So until we see how this thing washes, watch your back. Where are you now, Sal? At a gas station, about 20 miles down the road from the checkpoint. Where's the money? They got it in a wooden shack back there by the checkpoint. A guy by the name of John Hopkins, some big shot with the DEA, gave me his card and told me to call him in a few days. Said they needed time to count it. They'll be there a fucking week. We're lucky they didn't take us in. Wait. Sal, this isn't making sense. They didn't cuff you? They, they let you go? Yeah. This is beginning to scare me. I have a feeling if you head down that road another ten miles, there's going to be a roadblock. And you know what? You're not going to make it out of there alive. They're going to say you tried to run. That's 4.5 million you left back there. Now that they have their hands on it, you really think you're ever going to see it again? I don't know what's clouding your brain, but you better get your ass back there, pronto. Jesus Christ, you're not too dumb for a broad. I think you hit it right. I'll call you back. I did not hear from Sal for another week. I felt exceedingly grateful that I'd been able to get out of doing the job. But I was fearful for Sal and Jerry and scared to death that I wouldn't have the chance to be proven innocent. I wanted to run, but if I took off now, I'd only look guilty. Then the story broke out over the news and in the papers. The headline read, Gotti's pal Sal picked up with 3.8 million. 3.8 million? A mistake? I didn't think so. The scale to which this corruption existed never ceased to amaze me. But all I could think was, how could I allow myself to believe this chapter of my life could ever be over? Were you tempted at all when Sal approached you? Did you miss it? My developed common sense outweighed any allure it might have had. Plus, I no longer needed the thrill. I got that from my stunt career. I was grateful to be driving and doing what I love legally and while keeping a low profile. I wasn't going to give that up. Performance 2 continued to grow until Tony realized he enjoyed being hired more than he enjoyed the work of running a company. I became Performance 1 and had more success alone than I could ever have imagined. What was your favorite job? Hmm. One of my favorite commercials would have to be the 007 spot because it was a really tricky one. I never stopped loving a challenge. We filmed in Hawaii and I doubled as Roger Moore's daughter. The helicopter work was intense. Two inches off my bumper for eight white knuckled days. My speed had to be extremely precise or the chopper would have been in my trunk and my head 50 feet away from the scene. 
We had every stunt the writers could conjure up. Motorcycles crashing, explosions, biplanes passing overhead within feet of the vehicle, expelling smoke and obstructing my vision. <laughs> it was a fun time. God, you wouldn't know it, but you've seen me doubling for Cindy Crawford in her Pepsi commercials or doubling for Priscilla Presley for Oldsmobile, driving in and out of the surf on the beach. Her daughter, Lisa Marie, was my petrified passenger. I even worked my way up into film. In Casper, I doubled for the lead actress and crashed a car into a tree making a high fall. It was only 40 feet, but with the blue screen, it looked to be 200. Oh, on Love to Kill, I crashed a pickup truck through a glass solarium and did most of the car chase scenes in the film. I worked on Melrose Place and Dynasty. I could go on and on. You don't need my resume, but there are literally hundreds of films and commercials I've worked on where I do the action and the actress gets the glory. But you know what? I never cared. I had my day in the limelight. I loved every minute of it, and I would have kept doing it forever, but like all good things, it had to come to an end. If you watched television any time during the early 1990s, you saw the commercial. There was the good-looking hunk in a Jeep headed north along the rugged Pacific Coast Highway. The raven-haired beauty in a red vintage Dino Ferrari convertible who accelerates to 85 miles an hour pulls up even with the Jeep on a spectacular hairpin turn and inquires about the maker of the hunk's pants. When she gets the answer she wanted, she abruptly breaks, executes a perfect 180-degree turn, and heads back to wherever beautiful women in exotic sports cars go when their 30 seconds are over. Which in this case was wheels up on a steep bluff about 100 feet off the highway. But in reality, the raven-haired beauty herself was safely drinking a diet soda and gossiping with the crew while I was behind the wheel in a wig. Are you set? All set. And action! I drove off. The Ferrari entered the turn. I had too much speed. I geared down, but I was still going too fast as I entered the curve. The rear wheels caught the soft shoulder, spinning me out of control. I tried to correct, but with no power steering and no shoulder harness, it was impossible. The Ferrari took flight. While the car was still airborne before the first point of impact, I pulled myself sideways into the passenger seat, folding up in the cubbyhole of space beneath the glove compartment. I went off the cliff and came down hard. I flipped over once, twice, three times before coming to rest upside down on a steep bluff. It was pitch dark in that little coffin. I was trapped, covered in shards of windshield glass, and I heard a hissing sound and smelled the leaking gas. I found the walkie-talkie and screamed into it. 
We're coming, Georgia. We're coming. We're coming, Georgia. We got you, baby. We got you. Sit tight. Don't you worry. Grab that fire extinguisher. Come on. Are you okay? Talk to me, Georgia. Talk to me. Help us on the way. Don't even ask what went wrong. Too much speed at the turn, a split-second miscalculation, the director's fault, the car prep crew's fault, my fault. Who knows? Stuff happens. All I know is my lights should have been snuffed out for good. Should have been a wrap. And all I could think about while I was trapped underneath the twisted metal was, oh shit, I smashed up a $250,000 car. I did more damage than that. I broke my neck, ending my driving career altogether. The incident itself turned out to be a legend in the stunt driving business. To this day, people will tell me the story about an upside-down Dino Ferrari and how nobody could believe that the stunt driver got out of it alive. And believe it or not, they still managed to finish the spot. The crew tracked down an identical 1973 Dino Ferrari in Los Angeles and got the shot down the next day. And that's the big lesson I took away from it. There's always another Ferrari. In a way, it was the real lesson of my life. Wheel Woman is written by Lars Jacobson and Sabrina Jaglum and directed by Sabrina Jaglum. Produced by Lars Jacobson and Sabrina Jaglum. Executive produced by Georgia Duranti and Noel Brown for iHeartRadio. Wheel Woman stars Lelia Symington as Georgia with additional performances by Tanner Beard, Zachary Weber, Simon Jaglum, Chase Mullins, Nick Williams, Gabe Greenspan, Dylan McCollum, Garrett Bear, Nora Garrett, Duncan Caladine, Victoria Foyt, Max Georgie, Mariah Bess, and Max Jacoby. Edited by Chris Childs with sound design and theme music by Chris Childs. Adapted from the book The Company She Keeps by Georgia Durante. Wheelwoman Confessions of a Getaway Driver is an iHeartRadio production. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. You don't put those inside of you, do you? This is a show about women. I mean, you do? Finally, a show about women that isn't just a thinly-veiled aspirational nightmare. It's not hosted, not narrated. We're just dropping into a woman's world. I found out when my dad was gay when I was 10. We were in a convertible on the 405 freeway, listening to the B-52s. Looking back, I should have said, this is gay. This is already all gay. (laughs) Listen to Finally a Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, 
John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Join late night legend John Stewart and the best news team for today's biggest headlines, exclusive extended interviews, and more. Now this is a second term we can all get behind. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Martha Stewart, and we're back with a new season of my podcast. This season will be even more revealing and more personal, with more entrepreneurs, more live events, and more questions from you. I'm talking to my cosmetic dermatologist, Dr. Dan Belkin, about the secrets behind my skincare. Encore Jane about creating a billion-dollar startup. Walter Isaacson about the geniuses who change the world. Listen and subscribe to the Martha Stewart podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 